from Luke's Gospel. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, now him is the baby Jesus, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And they went to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's uh, father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. What are you waiting for? while waiting for you to start preaching, Pastor Allen, right? (laughs) Or maybe waiting for the service to be over to get some sausage and pancakes. But deeper than that, what is it you're waiting for? You're hoping for? Wishing for? What are you praying for? Maybe there's something that you have been praying for for months. Maybe years. What are you waiting for? This morning we're going to talk about waiting and how this journey of faith that we're on involves a lot of waiting. So we have turned to the patron saint of waiting, Simeon. Now that's Pastor Allen's title, that's not official, but Simeon waited He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. It had been revealed to him that he would not die before he would see the Lord's Messiah, the one that would bring salvation to his people and to the world. It doesn't tell us how long he waited. Was it months? More likely it was years. He would possibly hang around the temple in Jerusalem because that's where the babies were born, the the boy babies, watching for blue blankets as they came by. How many faces did he look at? How many blue blankets did he pull back to look? And then, nope, not the Messiah. 
How many days did he go home frustrated that he still, still hadn't seen the one? And then that day, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to the temple because in those days, women had to go through a, a purification ceremony if, if they gave birth to a son. So Mary was going up to do what was required of her. And then also, this was their firstborn son. So it was required that the firstborn son be dedicated, promised to God, to the Lord. They were going up to offer their sacrifice uh, two doves or two pigeons, depending on how deep your pocketbook was. And as they're entering the temple courts, this isn't the temple, this would be more like the, the lobby you know, of our church. This man, Simeon, approaches them. Now, he didn't work there. He wasn't a priest or, or anything like that. He was just waiting. He was righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And he grabs baby Jesus from Mary. What, what was Mary thinking? This, this stranger takes her, takes her baby. But then he starts to praise God, holding the baby Jesus, looking at that face. He says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. They were amazed at what he said. And then I picture he gave the child back to them and then he blessed them and spoke to Mary. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. Jesus would be a dividing figure, to be a sign that will be spoken against. He's really prophesizing, maybe having no idea that there would be that day when Jesus would hang on the cross and people would hurl insults at him so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, whether the hearts were good and pure or they were evil. And then he says to Mary, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. A prophesy, prophecy of that day when our heart would be broken. Jesus on the cross. Simeon waited. This journey of faith that we're on involves a lot of waiting. First of all, we live our life in this time between when Jesus was born and Jesus is coming back. We're waiting in this time. Our, our parents, grandparents, great-parents lived out their faith journey in this time. Probably our children, maybe even our great-grandchildren will live in this time of waiting between when Jesus came and was born and when he will come again. But that's the big picture. Then there's our personal waiting. What is it you're waiting for? Wishing for, it may be for you, it may be for somebody that you love. Maybe a family member or a friend, it may be bigger than that. It may be for our church, it may be for the, our nation or for the world. What is it you're waiting for, hoping for, wishing for, praying 
for? Why is it God takes so long? Have you ever wondered that? But God seems to be on a different schedule. I mean, Amazon is quick. I mean, it's, it's, it, as soon as you close your phone, it's at your door. But God, God works differently. And I think it's a good thing that he works differently. Because God knows what's best for us. Not only what is best for us, but what's the best time for us to receive it, you see? Imagine if you had gotten everything you had ever asked for. I know my life would be a mess. I mean, there's a lot of things I thought, I really need this. I had to have that. I said, well, I didn't, I didn't need that whatsoever. First of all, our houses would be very cluttered, right? God knows what is best for us, what we need, and also the right time when we can receive it. Because sometimes we think we're ready, but we're really not ready. God works differently than the way the world works. And Simeon, Simeon, it says, was righteous and devout, and also that the Holy Spirit was on him. He was waiting in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like? I would offer some advice. Perhaps, perhaps there's something you've been praying for for a while, and it just hasn't happened. And if that is the case, sometimes our prayers, our, our hopes and dreams can get very narrow. Like, this is what I want, God. This is what I think is best. It may be for you. It may be for a loved one. And if it's just not happening, perhaps you could open up your prayer a little bit. Instead of just continuing to ask for that one very narrow thing, could you open it up and say, well, God, why does that not happen? God, what is it you want? God, what in me needs to change in order for this to be revealed or this this to happen, that, that our prayers can and our hopes and wishes can get very narrow, but can we start to open them up so that it's more of a conversation with God? It's, it's a back and forth with God. Well, God, what do you think is best? What do you want for me? That's more waiting in the Holy Spirit, opening up not just our prayers, but opening up our life to God. And, and God, if this is not what you want for me, what, what, what work do you need to do in me? Or maybe, God, this is, the, this is the right thing, but I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready for it. Can you, can you make me ready? Can you work in me and change me to open me up to the blessing you have? Waiting in the Holy Spirit. And then trusting. Trusting. Because that's the other side of the Simeon coin. There's waiting, and then there's trusting. All he did was see a baby's face, and he was good. I'm good. You can dismiss. I can go to heaven now, God. I'm done. He didn't have to see Jesus grow up. He trusted that God would do the mighty thing. He was probably not there when Jesus returned as a rabbi. A grown man in those same temple courts, on those same steps, teaching and, and healing. He trusted that God would do it. 
He wasn't there when Jesus sacrificed everything and hung on the cross. He had told Mary that her heart would be pierced with the sword, but he wasn't there to see it. It didn't matter to him. He was okay. He was good because he trusted that God would do it. He wasn't there when the, 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 it echoed through this t- town in the streets of Jerusalem. He is risen. He is risen from the dead. He trusted God would do it. You can dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. A light of revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Can we wait and pray and hope and wish in the Holy Spirit? And then can we trust that God will do it? Can our prayer open even wider, just saying, well, God, I'm going to leave it to you. I'm going to place it in your hands. Can we lay down our worry and our anxiety and just trust that God will take care of it? Because all God wants is the best for you and me. We sometimes can really want something that won't be the best for us, but God can't. God can only give us what we need, when we need it. Can we wait in the Holy Spirit, opening our prayers up to include God in our life and then trust that God will take care of it? God will take care of you and me. Amen.